Hello, welcome to NC Asian American Ministries podcast. My name is Sammy Ju, your host. Let me break into some parts for today's session. I'm going to share a little bit about myself and we're gonna, I'm going to talk about what and why and how about spiritual discipline. And this is an area that I'm also learning and growing. So I'd love to hear from you as well so we can learn from each other how we can really edify and encourage one another. And also uh, another disclaimer that uh, English is my second language. So even if I make any grammatical mistake, uh, please bear with me. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will give you understanding <laughs> so you can understand um, even if I make any mistakes. So uh, this just wanted to let you know. So I, uh, I grew up in a Christian home. My, my father is a pastor, my grandfather is a pastor, but I came to the Lord when I was uh, at the age of 20. Uh, that was my first time to meet Christ um, as a uh, as a person. Like you know, I met Him as a personal Savior and Lord, and uh, that was uh, September two thousand. And three months later, God called me for missions. And fifteen days later, God called me to the United States. And I cannot make the dot connect the dot because God called me for mission, and God sent me to America, United States. I thought the uh, USA is the number one Christian country, number one missionary sending country. So they don't really need any missionaries. So why would God send me here? But later I realized that, you know, God is sending nations to the United States. So there's so much of a missions opportunity. So that's been what I've been doing since I arrived in the United States in January 8th of 2001. And uh, 2004, God called me very specifically to raise up 21st century Moses as God met Moses in the wilderness and sent him back to Egypt to bring his people to the promised land, God has a really wonderful plan for immigrants in the United States so that he can uh, meet them in their wilderness and send them back to their people, send them, send them back to their countries to lead their people to Jesus Christ. So since 2004, I've been working especially uh, with among international students in the universities and uh, refugees from different countries um, now, since 2017, I've been serving as an Asian ministries consultant at the Baptist Day Convention, overseeing about 130 Asian churches in North Carolina uh, through coaching, consulting, and training them in four areas. It's an A, B, C, D. A is advancing gospel proclamation. B is a building disciple-making strategy. And C is a connecting first-generation immigrants and their descendants for the Great Commission. And D is a developing leadership pipeline. So that's a kind of snapshot of who I am and what God has been doing in my life. And uh, it's been a great uh, journey to work with Sandy and Revitalization team. And uh, this is my fourth, 15th year mark at the Baptist State Convention. So every year, every time has been really amazing. Now, speaking of spiritual discipline, that's a main title topic of today. Um, it's been my uh, personal journey since 2018, July 23rd. That was the first day that I started my scripture memorization, one verse per day. And ever since, ever since, it's been so enriching. So I will unpack that a little bit later. But uh, I did not start it by myself. You know, I, um, I was very hesitant about memorization because that's not my gift at all. <laughs> and I'm sure that that's, uh, most people will make excuse that I would make like, 
I'm not good at memorization. So, you know, I have my Bible with me and I read the Bible every day. So what, what's the big deal, you know? But really, uh, I was influ influenced by my own father. Um, he, like I said, he's a pastor and he retired from his church that he served for 47 years. He retired last year, but he planted another church after three months. He has been very um, excited about what God is doing and very, very energetic, but it's really coming from his intaking of God's word on a daily basis. So let me tell you a little bit about that, what happened to him. Uh, he's a, a evangelist, he's a pastor, and he preached more than 2,000 churches in South Korea for the last 45 years. And after serving at a church in his uh, local church for 40 years, he had a personal prayer, praying to God and saying, God, I served you in this church for 40 years, and what, what are you going to give to me? <laughs> that was his question. And then God spoke to him in his heart. Very simple, read the Bible. So that, <laughs> that was the answer from the Lord. Uh, so my father was like, okay, I mean, I've been reading the Bible whole, whole, all my life, but why should I? So, but he, uh, he read the Bible again, but this time was very different from the previous times that uh, when he read the Bible, he, he began to uh, feel the presence of God more. And the more he read the Bible, the more he read the Bible, he really uh, found amazing, um, amazing things that he had never experienced before. And then the more he read the Bible, he realized that how little he spent time in reading scripture and memorizing uh, scripture verses. And then th from that time on, he began to um, discipline himself. He began to memorize a scripture verses. So that was a 2013. And he was about 69 years old at the time. Now he is, sorry, I, I, yeah, I messed up with the number, but now he is 75 years old. So if you do the math, that was like about eight years ago, right? So that's the first time he began. And then he, uh, he began to uh, do his sermon prep through his memorizing scripture verses. So every week he memorized about 40 verses. And then his preaching was basically birthed out of this uh, scripture memorization. And then his preaching changed. And he confessed to me and say, Sammy, I realized that in my previous uh, 40 years of my ministry, I've been preaching to so many churches, 2,000 churches and all, but I did not really preach as the Bible really speaks. Um, he preached only, he said he preached only heaven and hell only about two times. And basically was saying, his preaching was kind of feel good sermon, almost close to prosperity gospel. And he had a lots of crowds enjoying his sermon, but he was not really preaching back to back like Old Testament, New Testament, what the Bible really speaks about. So he, he repented a lot since then. And he really began to preach the gospel as it is. And uh, I mean, that's what we need to do, right? But sometimes 
you know, pastors get really caught up with so many busy schedules and they're not really reading the scripture enough and they're not really taking God's word enough and they just uh, go to the pulpit without so much of a, you know, uh, full knowledge of scripture, but they just kind of, you know, take somebody else's message or take somebody else's Twitter message and, you know, add their personal impression on it. And they just preach like some feel good sermon and everyone uh, go back, goes back home like, oh, my preacher did a really great job, but they did not really have the word of God from the preacher. That's kind of, a, you know, um, things what my father also experienced in his previous ministry. So um, since 2013, he experienced his own revival and reformation in his life. And then um, before 2013, whenever I talked with him, I was calling him from America and he was calling from Korea. And I went through the Southern Seminary and Southeastern Seminary, really shaped my theology, which was a little bit different from my father's theology. So whenever I had a conversation with him, we always had a theological argument. <laughs> but since 2013, things changed. Our conversation changed. He only talked about scripture. And I cannot refute him because everything he was speaking out of his mouth was scripture verses because he memorized scripture verses every day. And I just could not resist anything. And then after five years of my own struggle that I will never memorize scripture verses, I will never, 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 never. And then I gave up because what, I, what my father was showing through his example was just overwhelming. And the glory of God was just kind of overwhelming me. And I'm like, I cannot even stand. So I made my decision uh, to do that. And then 2018, July 23rd, that was my first day to memorize uh, scripture. And then uh, right now, I, I'm in the second Timothy chapter two, but I memorized the first 365 basic verses and then I took about a few, few months of reviewing. And then starting from last year, 2020, from January 1st, I've been memorizing books by books like Ephesians and then uh, James and 1st Peter and 1st Timothy. And now in, I'm in 2nd uh, Timothy. I'll, I'm going to talk more about that later, but it's been a great journey, uh, personal transformation for me. So let me share my uh, PowerPoint screen. And I'm going to go through What is spiritual uh, discipline? Let me. Uh, First Timothy four eight, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So uh, you know, one thing I realized uh, here in, in the United States, I I saw a lot of people are doing physical exercise, like running for one hour and you know, um, gym, workout one hour, that's all good. I think we really need to do that. You know, as pastors, spiritual leaders, we need a physical health. But, at the, but um, it's, it's very also interesting to see a lot of people think that reading the Bible or spending time in prayer, like uh, 30 minutes a day, um, they think like, oh, it's still too much. You know, I st I'm still so busy with so many things. But I don't really have time for prayer. I don't really have time for, you know, memorizing scripture or reading scripture. But they have time for four hours of scrolling down from their uh, smartphone or four hours of watching Netflix or uh, three hours of, you know, workout in gym. They all have those things. So I, I see that, you know, we're busy with distractions. 
but we are not really focused in one, the major thing, which is spending time with the Lord. Luke chapter 10, verse 41, 42, it really shows about Martha and Mary. You know, Mary chose the best thing, sitting in front of Christ Jesus. But so we don't have to be busy with so many distractions. I mean, we can be busy with the bodily training, but it's only temporary. But we, what we really need to do is to really increase the spiritual discipline that holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So that's really showing the importance of spiritual discipline. Now, Bible in the United States, almost 9 out of 10 households, 87% own a Bible. According to the American Bible Society, and the average household has three. That's a lot. America, USA alone has 90% of all Christian resources in the whole world. Okay, so that really shows how rich we are in terms of Christian resources. But let me show the reality. About half of Americans, 53%, have read relatively little of the Bible. One in 10 has read none of it, while 13% have read a few sentences. 30% say they read, they have read several passages of stories. So, you know, um, we have Bibles at home, but most cases, those Bibles are like a souvenir. You know, they're just taking somewhere in the bookshelves, but many people do not even take a look into it. So that's just the reality. And that's like a famine of the Word of God. It's not that we don't have the Bible, but we don't have Bible in us. Right? So Jeremiah 5.13, The prophets will become wind. The Word is not in them. Thus shall it be done to them. This is the... The reality back then, that there were many prophets. There were even seminaries for pro prophets, right? I mean, they teach, they taught the Bible. The problem is they did not have the Bible inside of them. Isn't this similar to what, what I just showed you about the reality? We have the Bible in our bookshelf. We have the Bible in our seminary libraries and all. But how many of us really have the Bible in us, the Word of God in us? Whereas Acts 18.5, when Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul was occupied with the word, testifying to the Jews that the Christ was Jesus. Of course, there was a controversial message to Jewish people, but Paul didn't care because he was occupied with the word of God. Okay. So it really shows the contrast between those uh, problematic uh, prophets and Paul and Silas who were occupied with the word of God. So I want to present three things. What spiritual uh, the, uh, the, the discipline we need to do. Oops. Reading the Bible and memorizing the Bible and uh, prayer. And there is no single dime we need to spend for this exercise, for this spiritual discipline. And this is a very uh, fundamental discipline that we all need to do. For example, in Acts 6-4, you know, the disciples grew in number but the, you know, the work load has been uh, increased as well. The apostles made the decision to devote themselves to what? To word and prayer. Word and prayer. So the more work, the more focused in word and prayer. In 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 23, also Samuel said, I will not sin against God by seizing prayer. I will continue to pray for you. And also I will instruct you in the right way, meaning I will also teach you the word of God. So Samuel also mentioned about the word and prayer. So we need to really uh, discipline ourselves for the word and prayer. How? By reading the Bible. We need to read the Bible. Deuteronomy 17, 19. And it shall be with him and he shall read it and read in it all the days of his life. 
that he may learn to fear the Lord his, his God by keeping all the words of, of this law and these statutes and doing them. Martin Lloyd-Jones uh, said, if, if you're a preacher, you need to read at least uh, 50 times the Old Testament and 100 times in the New Testament. <laughs> I don't think I ever, I mean, I, I don't think I did that yet, but I'm still preaching. But you got the meaning, right? You got what, what it says. We really need to, as, uh, as preachers, as the leaders and the spiritual, spiritual leader, we need to really read God's Word. How can you preach without reading the Bible? That's like a fundamental thing that we need to do. But not just reading the Bible. We also need to intake God's Word in our heart. Memorization of the Word. Um, Deuteronomy 6, 6-7. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart, you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in the house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Right? In Psalm 119, 11, I have stored up your word in my heart, not in the bookshelf, but in my heart, that I might not sin against you. And think about the historical, con I mean, their circumstances. I mean, we have Bibles, three Bibles at home, and we have the Bibles on the cell phone, and that's not, that was not the case back then, right? Only few people had a scroll. All, all the 99% of people would not have the written copy of the Bible in them. So how do they do this? They had to memorize the Word of God in them, right? And we can see it. You need to put God's Word in your heart, and then you, you need to teach them to your children every day, 24-7, when you are at home, outside, or when you lie down, or when you walk by. And also, this is directly related to our pure life. Not to sin against the Lord, we need to put God's Word in our heart. So it really shows why it is so important. John 15, 7, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you, right? In Colossians 3.16, let the word of God richly dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God, right? Proverbs 2.1, my son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you. So you can see the scripture constantly talking about putting God's word in our heart inside of our heart. And not just that, but we need to put it, in, put it in our hearts richly, just like in the Colossians 3, 16. So, uh, you know, we all memorize three, John 3, 16, right? Galatians 2, 20, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and Acts 1, 8. And I'm sure that some, uh, some of you already memorized like a lot of verses, maybe more than me. But um, it should not be like only about three verses or four verses, it's better than nothing. But again, it says, dwell, let, let it dwell in you richly because it directly leads to teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. So I really do think the more, uh, the better, right? So uh, these are the, you know, biblical, the, uh, the examples of why it is so important to memorize uh, God's word in our heart. Um, I had a conversation with, Pastor Andrew Davis, he's a lead pastor at First Baptist Church in Durham. And uh, there's a myth or a legend that he memorized the whole New Testament. So I visited him this past March 31st, just wanted to check if he really <laughs> memorized the whole New Testament. 
And then um, he said, well, Sammy, uh, there's one book I have not. And then I said, why? What, what is it? And he said, Book of Luke. And that's understandable. That's a pretty lengthy book, isn't it? Right? But he really, you know, memorized all of them, uh, the, uh, all the rest. And uh, he was a MIT graduate and, you know, so yeah, he's smart. So, you know, he can, he's different from most of us, right? But uh, uh, yeah, he, uh, he, he mentioned about why it is so important to memorize in all scripture. So he actually wrote a book. Uh, it's called a, a, An Approach to Extended Memorization of Scripture. So it's a really great resource. It's a very uh, short book. I'm holding this right now. Uh, it's about 20 pages long. It's a great resource. It really motivates. It motivated John Piper to memorize first eight chapters of the book of Romans. Right? John Piper is old. So if he can memorize, you can do that too. <laughs> I can do that too. My father is 75 years old, but he memorized uh, 3,000 3, verses from scripture, which is about 10% of the whole scripture. If 75-year-old can do it, you can do that as well. So uh, memorization skill is not the problem. It's just the intention problem. Okay, what's the benefit of memorization? Number one, you can stand in the moment of temptation. Ephesians 6, 17, it's the sword of the spirit is the word of God, right? That's the only offense weapon but if we don't have God's word in our heart, how can we fight? Again, Psalms 119.11, I stored your word in my heart so that I will not sin. Okay, so in taking God's word is directly related to the spiritual warfare. Of course, you can meditate the word of God, but memorization is even a step further. To memorize scripture, you have to meditate on it, right? So it's a, it's, I think it's a much more powerful now, number two, sanctifies us by transforming our entire worldview from secular to heavenly. Romans 12, 12, 2, 1 Corinthians 2, 16. We have the mind of Christ, right? John 17, 17. You sanctify us with your truth. Your word is true, right? So God's word is true. This is the best. This is the most powerful weapon to purify our hearts. So for sanctification, we really need to put God's word in our heart. Carrying the Bible or carrying our smartphone the Bible and the smartphone is not enough, right? Number three, teach and encourage other Christians with an apt word from the perfect word of God. Colossians 3.16, we just read it, right? When you intake God's word, it's not going to just stay in your heart only. It will, it will be poured out to other people. I experienced so many times when I counsel some people, you know, the word of God just spit out of my heart and then uh, out of my mouth and they just speak directly to their issues. And even when I preach, you know, um, sometimes I, I have a, my preaching script, but sometimes the, the, the verses that I memorize also come out. It, it really uh, adds the more power to the, uh, the preaching itself. I experienced this several times. I really want to uh, really emphasize on this. It is very beneficial for your ministry. Your pulpit ministry would be so enriching. Number four, vividly retell the miracle stories to a generation which is biblically illiterate. So it also helps when you evangelize, when you share the gospel with other people. So it's not only for non-believers, uh, but also even non-believers. When you, when you speak from your own imagination, they may not take it. But when you speak from the God's word, which is already powerful, inerrant scripture from your mouth, you will be really, really, uh, it's, a, it's a very powerful as well. By the way, this benefits, are, I, I took this from um, 
Andy Davis' book. So yeah, huge benefits. Excuses, I don't have a good memory. This was my number one excuse because I, I am terrible in memorization. You know, I love guitar, I play guitar, but I almost giving up the guitar because I, I did not want to memorize guitar chords, okay? If you, you, you might heard of people putting their uh, cell phone in their refrigerator and they say, oh, where did my phone go? That's me, okay? That's how terrible my memorization is. But when my father challenged me, and when I started this memorization in 2018, God began to really help me uh, to memorize these verses. So it's not, I think it's really beyond the human ability. Of course, we, uh, God has given us in mind. If you can really memorize your home address and phone number, you're good to go. I mean, that's how I started and I'm still on it. And uh, September 29th of this year, that will be my day of memorizing 1,000 verses. And I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but, you know, I'm amazed like, oh, how, how did I do it? It's really by the, it's the Holy Spirit. It's not really my ability because I know how bad I am in memorization. Number two, I don't have time. This is really excuse, priority issue. I mean, people have time for Facebook and Netflix and all, even jogging, but don't have time for memorization. That's just an excuse. Number three, I read the Bible every day. Why do I have to memorize it? I think this is a very popular uh, thing. And it makes sense. If you read the Bible, I mean, you don't really have to memorize just because you remember the Bible that you earn God's grace more. That's not the case, right? God's grace is given to us by His sovereign grace. That's it. You know, just because you memorize 3,000 Bible verses, you go to heaven earlier. That's not the case. But it really helps our uh, spiritual growth. By memorizing, memory, you can internalize God's Word uh, much better, much uh, more effectively than just reading the Bible, right? So uh, it, it, you really need to experience this. Number four, I may become prideful. Oh, I may memorize the three Bible, 3,000 Bible verses and you memorized only John 3, 16. I'm holier than thou. That's not the case. You know, to me, memorization of Scripture is like a me eating the meal. I will not boast about how much I ate yesterday. I will not boast about, oh, I had five meals yesterday. That is silly. That's not, uh, you know. So I will not boast about like, oh, I memorized five verses yesterday. No, it's, there's nothing to boast about it. In fact, we need to be more humble because the more you memorize God's word, it really leads us by the work of the Holy Spirit, really leads us to be more humble because the Word of God says humble yourself, right? So I think the uh, number four would be easily solved as you do more uh, Bible memorization. So we can have all these excuses, but, you know, um, I think it's a result, right? <laughs> okay, let's kill the next one. The last one is prayer. First Samuel 12, 23, Moreover, as for me, Far be from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. And I will instruct you in the good and the right way. Okay? Non-stop prayer. In Daniel 6.10, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber, open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. So he definitely had a, a prayer discipline discipline of prayer, but regardless of all the situation, even he could be killed, but he did not stop it. So we can see that this prayer habit was uh, definitely there. But also, um, how, how long should we pray? Of course, there's no rocket science, right? 
but I think there should be more intense and desperate prayer that sometimes that we need because Luke chapter 22, verse 44, Jesus prayed, but his prayer was so desperate on the Mount of Gethsemane, right? His, his, uh, the sweat was like a drop of blood. That was how intense his prayer was. And James 5, 17 also says the, uh, the Elijah was just like us, but he prayed very desperately and God stopped the rain for three years and a half. So there is a desperate prayer. 1 Samuel chapter 1 also shows that Hannah prayed very desperately. So when I, when I, uh, in Korea, you know, we have a uh, early morning prayer. We pray really desperately, but many times it's not really scripturally based prayer. We pray for healing and all of that. I think that that's problematic, but at least we pray like more than an hour or two hours for a desperate cry. Uh, but that's something I really miss, uh, especially in America, because when I go to prayer meeting here and uh, everyone pray really quietly. There's nothing wrong with that. We definitely need some quiet prayer. But it's like it's hard to find a desperate prayer, very intense prayer. Now, sometimes or even every day, we need to be really get down on our knees and just pray with a very desperate heart. Especially these days, you know, with June is coming, the, uh, the convention, they're coming. We have so many things to pray very desperately. So we need to uh, really, uh, increase, grow in the... Uh, prayer discipline with this desperate, little longer uh, prayer. John Hyatt, modern example, they called him the man who never sleeps, but more familiarly, he is known as a praying Hyde. Seeing him pray for 30 days and nights, or 10 days on end, or remain on his knees for 36 hours without moving. Fellow workers beheld him first in awe, then disgust, finally to be filled with the admiration for his apostle, uh, for this apostle of intercession and to sit at his feet as, dis as disciples. This is a really amazing. Uh, he was a missionary to India and then he was very prideful and he hit the ground and uh, God really revealed him how prayer prayerless he was. So he, uh, he began to pray and God used him, but he was a really pr praying person, praying warrior. And then uh, there's a later story that you know, he led uh, one person, one Indian every day, and next year, two, two people every day, and three people every day, and four people. So God really used him to lead so many Indians to uh, Jesus Christ. But he was a really man of prayer, and I really do think God uh, used his prayer life as well. So uh, that's uh, what and why, the word and prayer, right? So how? Of course, you, you already have a prayer pattern and, um, you know, the spiritual discipline pattern and keep doing it. I don't want to say like you have to change it, but I just want to share what I do and what my church people do, what, what some people that I influence do. Um, so I just want to show you, share uh, the resource that's available. So it's called the 365 Empowerment. If you type up ncbaptist.org slash 365 Empowerment, uh, you can find more the uh, detailed information. Uh, it's basically to memorize 365 verses. Now, 365 verses are taken from these three books that I wrote. The first book is called The People of the Book. Uh, it's a very foundational book. I literally took the Baptist faith message into interactive Bible study book. So it's a what do Southern Baptists believe and do. It's a very basic doctrine. But this book, first book has 119 uh, foundational verses to memorize. The next one is the servants of God. Uh, it's a, more of a spiritual leadership. What, so who they are and what they do. 
And this book also has 119 verses to memorize. The last book is Walking with God, Who God Is and How We Should Walk With Him. This is more of an intimate relationship uh, with God. It has 127 verses to memorize. So altogether, 119, 119, 127, it's a 365 verses. Okay, so if you uh, go to this website link, uh, you will you can download these books for free, and there are written copies, hard copies of these books uh, for purchase if you want. But uh, you can download this for uh, free. Now you can also find those Bible verses to memorize as well. And also in this link, you can find my uh, YouTube channel. It's called Twenty One C Moses. As I mentioned about my vision, God has called, uh, called me to raise 21st century Moses. So that's why I got the name. But anyway, in my YouTube channel, I post five minutes video every day, 7 a.m., going through this one verse per day. So in that video, you'll find the one verse to memorize. So I do uh, exposition, application, and memorization of that verse every day, taking from these three books. So if you think that would be helpful, you can take advantage of it. There's definitely no dime, nothing uh, cost-wise. All you, all you need to do is to spend your time. So that's a 365. And then what is the five? Now it's a five is reading the whole scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, five times a year. So in that same YouTube channel, you will find the 70 days journey to the Bible. That's, a, that's in the playlist. It is to go through the whole Bible in 70 days. So um, that's another resource there, but it's all in, the, in my channel. So after, going, uh, after memorize the one verse, about five minutes, you spend about hour or so to read through uh, 17 chapters of uh, that day. And then what is one is a one hour of prayer. So spend about one hour after you memorize one verse and seven, reading 17 chapters and then pray so that your prayer would be scripture-based uh, prayer, right? Not a prosperity prayer, but scripture, Christ-centered prayer. So if you put them all together, 365, 5, 1, it will take about 2.4 hours a day. So really the idea is to give 10% of your day to the Lord through your spiritual discipline, Re uh, reading God's word, memorizing scripture and prayer. Of course, you can pray more than one hour. It's, we, I, I actually encourage you to do that. My wife, starting from this January, she began to pray for three hours every day. That's her commitment. Of course, again, there's nothing to brag about it because it's really in our relationship with God and us, and it's really up, up to you. You are the one who decide how much you're gonna do. But thinking about people you know, running for one hour and two hours and work, work out in the gym, I think 2.4 hours a day, it's not a lot, right? Um, if we can sacrifice our time from uh, scrolling from the uh, smartphone, uh, Netflix or a movie, and if you spend time on this, it, it will really, really enrich your personal walk with your Lord, uh, with Lord, not just that, your ministry. So I really experienced a lot of uh, benefit out of this uh, in my pulpit ministry. I preach every, every week just like you. Um, but uh, rather than going through all the, you know, the uh, uh, researches on the website and all, 
you know, I'm just going through the memory verses that I memorized. And then God is, the Holy Spirit is relooming me like what verses that I need to use and all of that. It really helps me. Now, I'm an uh, expository uh, preacher. I really do think the expository preaching is the best rather than topical. So that's one of the reasons why after this 365 Bible verse memorization, I want to encourage people to memorize uh, verses book by book rather than just you know, random verses. But this 365 uh, verses will play as an index card, uh, just like a you know, milestone. So when you read the Bible and memorize book by book, these milestones will really help you to connect all the dots together. So uh, you, will get the, you will get better understanding of the Bible. So um, your preaching will not be out of context, but it will be really from the context. It will be very, very powerful when you have this uh, foundation. So um, that's the, yeah, that's the goal. Another resources that I want to encourage you to uh, read is uh, An Approach to Extended Memorization of Scripture by Andrew M. Davis. Right, I already mentioned to you about that. Library Research, this is what I got the statistics about how little uh, Bible Americans read. And then the lastly, Praying Hide by Basil Miller. It talks about his uh, biography, basically about uh, this hide, missionary hide, and how much he prayed and how God used his prayer life.